everyone, and welcome to the Kajabi Edge podcast, where we talk to real entrepreneurs to give you an edge on Kajabi. I'm your host, Jared Lohman, Vice President of Customer Experience. And today we're joined by Rachel McMichael, founder of the Business with Impact Academy. How is it going today, Rachel? It's going great. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Excited to have you here uh, for so many reasons. Um, but before we dig into some of the specific reasons, because I'll just carry on um, and let my excitement <laughs> pour, me, pour me off in the wrong direction. Let's get to straight to like kind of your elevator pitch, who it is you are and what it is that you do. Yeah. Well, Jared, really what I do is I help people grow their online business. That's the simplest, easiest way to say it. But but to put it even more specifically, I primarily work with online coaches and course creators and I help them plug into a proven method to create, to launch, and to fill their online courses and their programs. And what's most important is that I help them do this on a part-time schedule. My current schedule, the four by I call it the four by four schedule. I work four hours a day, four days a week. And so when when entrepreneurs come and they start working with me, our first order of business is to figure out what are they currently working? Are they working like a, an eight by six? Are they working? Most of them are working like a 15 by seven, right? And how can we plug them into proven processes, proven systems, get rid of the busy work, get rid of the things that are not important in their business, focus on the revenue generating activities. And really scale them down to those part-time hours to give them that flexibility, which is probably why they got into business in the first place, right? Yes, that sounds incredibly exciting. I, I'm going to do everything I possibly can for our listeners to extract every last tip out of you that we can. <laughs> well, I'm here to give generously. So let's do yes, it. I love it. I love it. Well, I, I let's just get straight and kind of into your story before we get into the meat. Like I, I want to understand in particular your journey, like how you took the leap of entrepreneurship. Did you start off your life doing this or did you have another day? job, I guess, beforehand. I did not. I was actually a corporate executive Ooh. and I, my background, I actually have a CPA license. I don't use it. I can't be your accountant. There is no accounting advice ever coming <laughs> from me, but I did that and was in that corporate executive role. And I found out, I'll never forget. It was October 20th of 2012. And I found out I was pregnant with my daughter and I gave my nine months notice right then and said, I'm not doing this. My boss at the time said, you know what you should do, Rachel, you should get into entrepreneurship and you should start a business where you're like a CFO for hire. And I was like, that's insane. No way. Who would ever want to pay me to do an online... Like that's that's ridiculous. And so my thought was that I was going to go to the next corporate job, but I started kind of looking out there to see was there something I could do part-time. I knew I was traveling at the time 50%. I was working a lot of hours and I knew that that wasn't the life that I wanted to raise my kids in, right? And so for me, it was... I I craved that flexibility. I craved that freedom. And I wanted to get paid my corporate executive salary to do it. And I didn't know how I was going to make that happen. So I started looking, Googling online, like what could I do? And I found personal training. And that is, I was not a healthy person. I was pregnant. So getting into online fitness actually made no sense. And it wasn't online fitness even. I was like, I'm going to go to the gym at 4 o'clock in the morning, even though I don't work out right now. And I'm going to help others do that. So I got certified through NASM and became an in-person personal trainer, quickly realized that those hours, I was not loving them. And I started seeing people doing this online fitness. And I thought, well, how are, how are they doing this? This was before Kajabi, I even think. I mean, or right at the very early stages of when Kajabi was just taking off. And so this was before we really had platforms to do this. This was back in the days of like unlisted YouTube videos 
videos and, you know, social media was still free and easily accessible. And so this was back in the, you know, the good old days when we were coding our own websites from scratch. And so I started doing all of that and learning all of that and learning the digital marketing in order to sell these online boot camps that I was filming on my, you know, first generation iPhone in my living room. And it worked. And I started selling these online boot camps. And then I started having others coming to me saying, How come you're ranking first for how to eat healthy at Chick-fil-A on Google? You know, how'd you make that happen? This is again long time ago. And I I really enjoyed helping them. So I got certified in digital marketing and realized my real passion wasn't fitness. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm so grateful for that experience, but my real passion is business. And my real passion was helping other business owners be able to help their clients. And what I realized was the impact I was able to make when I could help others fulfill their mission and fulfill their vision. Well, there was nothing like it. And it created this ripple effect in the industry. So I got certified in digital marketing, started a web design and Facebook ads agency. And then that turned into courses and curriculum and into fast forward to what I do today with the Business with Impact Academy, helping others do the same. That's amazing. And I, I love... There's so many parallels across all of these episodes. I think back to another episode to where... Um, I can't remember who it was off the top of my head, but they told, said, just because it's your first doesn't mean it's going to be your last. And so it's it's really cool how you, you navigated those waters. Can you just paint the picture of like the timeline? Did you do fitness for years to find that out? Or was it fairly quickly? No, it was just a couple of years. It was That was a very short timeline. Thank goodness for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> everybody involved in that who worked with me. Again, I'm so grateful. I mean, I had clients who lost up to 50 pounds. So we they got great results. But I, it just... my my This was my pitch. All right. My pitch was, I don't like working out and I'm going to do it. So you come <laughs> do it with me. All right. that That was it. And then my other pitch was, in the time that it takes you to get to the gym and back, you could have already got this thing taken care of. And so those were kind of the two angles that I had when I was doing that. And so that was, yeah, that was 2012, end of 2012 to probably mid 2014, 2015. There was an overlap between I was still working with clients and I was now teaching others to do the same. I got certified in digital marketing and I was also running at like back then I was, that was back when Facebook ads really took off. And I was at the beginning of that. So I was filling my boot camps through Facebook ads with strangers on the internet. And this was, this was back when you weren't supposed to talk to strangers on the internet. So like my husband's like, is this okay? Like, should you be (laughs) talking to these strangers on the internet? And then in 2015 was when I really late 2015, early 2016 flipped over, got rid of the fitness business where I was doing fitness and really started focusing on just helping others in their businesses. Realized pretty quickly that I didn't just need to help health and wellness professionals. Although that was my start that this really translated into lots of different things. And so now I work with health professionals, but I also work with like dog trainers and piano teachers and pottery artists and all kinds of other niches and professions, SEO strategists, Pinterest experts. So lots of different niches in lots of different areas. But that that is how it started. Does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah. I so it's really, really interesting how you 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 took this leap because you found out you're pregnant. 
I guess one of the things that I, our listeners are probably interested in figuring out here, you left the corporate executive job. You talked about trying to replicate the corporate executive paycheck. How long did that take? I mean, did you get like, what was that journey like? Because you went from having an income to essentially starting from the ground up. Not. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would say it probably took me about four years. About 2016 was the point that I had already, that I was making what I was making back then in revenues in the business. Now, let's be clear. Let's let's not sugarcoat marketing math. All right. That was my revenue in the business. That was not my profit in the business. And, and it took me a couple of years beyond that to really make sure that I was maximizing that profit in the business and really paying myself, n- not even just like a living wage, but a good wage. And so I think that's really important because a lot of times we hear people say things like, you know, my business is making six figures. But the question that I'm always asking my clients is not, what do you want the business to make? But what do you want to be paying yourself? We actually work backwards from that number. And so the number I always start with is what do you want? What do you need to take home each month? What needs to go into your bank account? Now let's add expenses and team and all of those things to that and figure out what the business needs to bring in. And so the business was bringing in my corporate salary again, back in 2015, 2016, probably not until a little bit later, 2018, 2019, when I was really starting to pay myself what I needed to be paying myself. And, and, and you can get, you can get into a a rut. So for those of you who are existing business owners who are listening right now, and you're like, Ooh, that's me. Like I haven't been paying myself. There was a long time when I thought I shouldn't pay myself. I need to reinvest everything into the business. And my husband was like, you've been doing this for a long time and you're, you're, you're paying your people more than you're paying yourself. It's time to start paying yourself. Right. Yes. Yes. Well, um, that journey. So you you mentioned it took around four or five ish years. How much of that represented your time in the fitness world versus the transition? And I guess from that, like what drove the transition? You know, if if the fitness world was like successful financially. Yeah. Great question. So a couple things. I was just better at the business side of things. I loved it. Like it was fun. I woke up excited every day to talk about business. To talk about marketing getting to talk about strategy. You might even on this video right now, see my eyes like lighting up. Like I love business. I went to college for business. I did business. My job in business was to go around to all the other companies that our corporate location owned and find the problems and fix them. Like that is, that's, that was what I did. That's what I loved. And so finding out that there's an opportunity to do that and, and do that at a smaller scale for, for people who just like me want to grow their own businesses and change their lives and have more flexibility and freedom. Like this job was meant for me. Right. And so it was just more exciting. That was the number one reason that I made the transition was it was just so fun and it is so fun. And I still struggle to work out every day. Okay. Or even like (laughs) twice a week. So that just, it wasn't my calling. It was a great thing though, that really propelled me into this. And so I don't ever look at any, you know, I've made a lot of mistakes in business. I've had a lot of, uh, seeming failures in business. I don't look at that as a mistake. I look at that as one of the the craziest (laughs) paths to get to this point. But what happened was I hired a coach to help me continue to grow and scale the fitness business. And she actually said, I want you to come on my team and help me coach my fitness clients. Uh, You're you're so good at the tech. You're so good at the ads. You're so good at these pieces. Can I hire you to come and work with my clients on a, just a part-time basis? And that was, that was it. Like, that was all I needed. I love it. I love it. Well, I guess uh, well, you, you're part of your value proposition for what you're currently selling today is is essentially developing your business while having a full time 
job or kind of on the side? Absolutely. Um, does that, was that representative of your journey as well? What did that look like? It was not representative of my journey. What was representative of my journey was actually the opposite. And so what happened for me is as I started to grow out, so 20, 2015, 2016, I'm building out my own business. Things blew up fast for me in 2016. And I got to the point at one point where I had like 17 different contractors working for me, agency style, helping high-end clients manage their Facebook ads, create their websites, design their sales pages, all of these different things. And it was so fun. And I was so exhausted. And I was working until literally two o'clock in the morning, every morning without exception. I had a, a young daughter at the time. So she's what, three, four, if you do the math. And so she's not in school yet. She's not in daycare. I want, I mean, I did this so she could stay home with me. So she's staying home with me. And we have two issues that are starting to like come to a head all at the same time, really three. So issue number one is we're playing. And all of a sudden she's saying, hold on, mom, I got to go take a call with princess Ariel. I'll be back in a minute. And she's replicating what she's seeing me do while we play, except she's like putting me in the corner while she takes her call with her imaginary princesses. Right. And I'm looking at that and I'm thinking that's not what I like. She's just mirroring what she's seeing. I'm not loving this. And then I'm finding myself every night. It's time for her to go to bed. And my husband is the most amazing, most gracious person in the world. And so he's taken on bedtime duty for her because I'm so busy. As soon as dinner's over, like I'm back in my office working. So he's putting her to bed. They're calling down, mom, mom, we come say goodnight. I'm like five more minutes, five more minutes, five more minutes. And then, and then I, I, I see myself, you know, with those out-of-body experiences where you are physically doing it, but you're seeing yourself doing it. And I'm seeing myself storming up the stairs because I'm irritated because they've called down so many times interrupting my very hard work. And this is probably one of the lowest moments. And, and I'm just going to be vulnerable and transparent with everybody here, y'all. This is this is not what you want to aspire to, okay? But I see myself angry and I'm marching up these stairs and I'm hugging her saying, I love you. And I'm glaring at my husband because I'm mad that he's asked me to come up there you know, for the 15th time in a row. And I march back down into my office and I just remember like putting my hands, you know, my head in my hands, just looking down at my computer and just thinking, I don't love this. Like I have built this life that I don't love. And this is not why I started this. And my, I'm supposed to be here present with my daughter, but obviously like she, she doesn't even want to hang out with me. She'd rather go play with imaginary princess Ariel. And it was affecting my marriage. It was affecting everything. And so I just said, it has to stop. Everything's going to self-destruct if we stay on this path. Does that make sense? And so because of that, I made it my mission to figure out how are we going to scale back? How are we, how can I scale back my time while still providing the same caliber of service for my clients, like without sacrificing that quality. And that, that became my mission. And over the next year, we figured it out. And it started by just saying, all right, I'm going to close the laptop at three o'clock every day. Right. And then it was, well, maybe I could close it at two o'clock. Well, maybe I could close it at one o'clock. What if I close it at noon? Right. Then what would happen? And it developed into this four hours a day, four days a week. And, and it took time. It wasn't overnight. It wasn't automatic, but it started by really getting clear on my goals, on what I wanted to do, on what was important to me. And I think a lot of times, and 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 then I'll, and then I'll take a breath. <laughs> um, a lot of times, I think that we think, and this was my mentality. I thought that I could hustle my way to freedom. And the problem with that was that I was so busy hustling that it was it no longer was for a season. Right? It became my new 
way of living. And this new way of living, I was never going to out hustle myself into freedom. And when I finally looked down and said, I can't hustle my way to freedom. I actually have to create freedom and that freedom begets freedom. And so the more I can create freedom, the more freedom I'll be able to get when I changed the game that I was playing. And it no longer became about how can I hustle harder, but how can I actually work less? How can I do more and work less? How can I get more done in less time? Well, that changed everything. And just that one question started to change everything. And I'm sure for those listening, they're starting to think, oh, it's not about how can I do more? If I can just change that one question in my life, how can I get more done in less time? How can I do less? How can I take more off my plate? Well, business gets real simple when you do it that way. You got me thinking about it. That's for sure. That's for sure. (laughs) So I want to understand more about this uh, four by four philosophy. Obviously not the off-road style four by four, but four days a week, four hours a day, I believe Mm -hmm. it is what you said. Yes. Yeah. So like, uh, tell us about like, because there's so much like that hustle mindset is so prevalent in this industry. Mm -hmm. And I think like, I'm sure you're not saying that you didn't, there's, there aren't times that you have to hustle. Everyone has to. Of course. Of course. There are seasons. There are seasons. We try to make them short seasons, usually during a launch. (laughs) Sure. Sure. So can you share a little bit like, does that four by four, is that like when you talk about doing this as a side hustle while you're working a day job, like you're kind of constrained, you might not have anything more than four hours if you're already working a day job. Is that how you, your, your kind of your philosophy works? Absolutely. And I would say it's for that. It's also for maybe moms like me who your kids are at home. And so you've got nap time, right? And maybe a couple hours before they wake up in the morning, unless you have a three-year-old like mine who thinks that it's cool to wake up at 530. Um, otherwise you, you probably have a couple hours in the morning, right? Or maybe a couple hours after they go to bed. Cause you can imagine if you're waking up at 530, you're going to bed a little earlier. And so na- it's that nap time hustle or that corporate side gig hustle. But the reality is you absolutely can build your business during that time. And I think step number one is knowing what your goal is, right? So my goal is to recoup my corporate salary and I want to do it in four hours a day, four days a week. And so here's my number one revenue generating focus that I'm going to focus on over the next however long it takes in order to get there, right? And I think there's a lot of people who chase what chase multiple rabbits at the same time, right? You've heard that saying, like you can't, you can't chase more than one rabbit at a time. If you try to chase all the rabbits, you'll end up with no rabbits. But imagine if you put a strategy in place to catch one rabbit. Of course, we're catching and releasing these cute little bunnies, okay? But if you put a strategy in place to catch one, and then it becomes that much easier to catch the next one and the next one and the next one, right? And so I think so many the first strategy didn't work. And so they they go and they start chasing these other ones, but they didn't ever figure out how to catch the first one. So how am I going to catch the second one? Does that make sense? And so with business, it's staying laser focused on the revenue producing activity. And so whatever that becomes for your business, if you're laser focused on that, you can do it in four hours a day, four days a week. I can't think of a single business that you can't start even start off four hours a day, four days a week. Think about it. If you don't have clients yet, then what you're going to be working on is your offer and your strategy to get in clients. And then once you have clients, your revenue producing activity is simply serving those clients. And then repeat. And you can, and then once you have the revenue, you can afford to now delegate and systemize and automate. And so it's actually really simple. But the reason it's hard is because we get really obsessed with a lot of things that don't really matter in our business. And things like, you know, I, I mean, listen, you might be guilty of this if you find yourself perfecting an image on Canva for more than about 15 minutes, right? 
If you find yourself scrolling Instagram for inspo, instead of using the platform for what you need to use it for in business, you, you might be guilty of this. If you find yourself trying to hack someone else's funnel instead of working on your own, right? And so we, we do all these little things and we think we're working while we're doing them and they're not really taking action in our business. And so when we start really focusing on the action items, they're really very, very few. And they're very simple when you've plugged into someone's process. Is that helpful? Does that make sense? Very much so. Yeah. It, it, bias for action undoubtedly is is key. There's so many different distractions. Like you could... I know I've done this myself a million times where I've spent more time on the business card uh, than I have the business yes. as a whole. <laughs> so. Yes. I love... Here's an analogy that I actually really like to use with my clients. And so I like to say it's, it's like this. This has probably never happened to you, Jared. Okay. But this happens to me sometimes where I've invited company over and then I, I've spent so much time cooking that by the time it's like 15 minutes till they get here. And I look around my house and I'm like, Whoa, <laughs> like it looks like a tornado went off in here. And so you have two options in that moment, right? You can go around from room to room and pick up all the big things, right? Um, maybe do a quick vacuum and wipe off the countertops. And if you did that, your house, when they come in, it's going to look okay, right? It might, it might not be perfect, but it's going to look okay. Or you can start putting that first thing away and notice that the junk drawer is a wreck and spend that entire 15 minutes getting that junk drawer totally organized. And at the end of the day, the junk drawer looks great, but your company is like, Whoa, what kind of house did I walk into? And we do that in our businesses. And those junk drawer items are those things like the business card or the graphics or the Insta post or perfecting the reel or whatever that thing is for the day. Yes. Yes. And that's so applicable no matter what you're doing, whether you're in business for yourself, whether you're working at a job, like the junk drawer. I love the junk drawer analogy. I, I want to, I guess, kind of get a little bit more understanding like of, of practical, like if you are that person in the the day-to-day job, you're working the job, like what's kind of the first step to taking the leap into entrepreneurship? Yep. I would say that step one is figure out who you want to serve and how you want to serve them. And I think we overcomplicate this a lot, right? Because we we have this belief that if, if this isn't right, if we haven't like completely nailed it down and we can't say the perfect elevator pitch in like 15 seconds, then then we're not really legitimate business owners. I don't know. We, we make up all kinds of stories, right? But you've already heard my story. Like I went from fitness to agency to this, right? And, and there are a few other stops in between that we didn't even talk about. And so I, I think we get too caught up in that. And, and we don't realize that this can be fluid and we can pivot. And there's nothing wrong with pivoting. And that doesn't mean that people are going to see you as like, you know, I don't know, uncapable or, uh, you know, untrustworthy or I don't know, whatever we think that people are going to think. That's just not true. It doesn't work that way. But we make up all these stories and we get really attached to a lot of these stories. And so then we don't ever take that first micro action, which is who are you and who are you going to serve? And then the next question is, okay, how do I want to serve them? Right? And this is where we start putting together your offer. And I think this is really the the real step one. But if you don't know who you are and who you serve, I think it's kind of hard to start to put together your offer. When you put together your offer, now you have a business, right? Before you didn't have a business because there was nothing to sell. And, And sales are a requirement for your online business. Sales are oxygen for your online business. If you don't have sales, you have a great hobby, you have a fun thing you do on the side, but sales are what it's a requirement for customers or a requirement for an online business or any business in general. Customers, it's a requirement. And so what do you want to sell? And this could be one-on-one coaching. 
This could be a membership. This could be a course. This could be a live event. This could be a mastermind. Like there's, there's a lot of options out there, right? And this is where the second piece where a lot of people get hung up, right? Oh, there's so many options. Which one do I choose? What if I choose the wrong one? What if I choose a membership and it should have been a course or a course and should have been a membership or a digital product or an ebook or should it be an ebook with some videos or no videos or, oh my goodness, what do I do? And, and so again, this is where so many people will stay stuck in indecision. And that's the worst place we can stay because when we're stuck in indecision, we're not taking action and we're not, we don't have a business. We still don't have a business. So if you want to create an online business, who am I? Who do I serve? And how am I going to serve them? And then as soon as we know how you're going to serve them, well, we can put an offer together. It doesn't have to be super fancy, but we can put an offer together. When you pay me this, then you get this, right? This is my promise. This is my transformation. This is how I will help you. And from that moment forward, we now have something that can generate revenue in your business. And once we have something that can generate revenue in your business, now we can start working on your revenue generating activities. And when we focus exclusively on those, then we can start bringing in customers and serving them and bringing in more customers and serving them and really rinsing and repeating on your strategy. And so that's that's the first step. Who am I? Who, who am I going to serve? How am I going to serve them? And then let's go. Let's make it happen. Let's do it. Let's take action. Well, I think that's a really good segue into like just kind of thinking back into the realm of your business. Like mm-hmm. I'm really interested in learning how you are doing this. How are you using Kajabi in the bigger picture? Um, and like kind of where where in the process did that come into the picture? Yeah, I think that I, I cannot remember the... I know I'm a Kajabi founder. So you tell me. If I'm a Kajabi founder, that means I have been with Kajabi for at least... Years. Yeah. yeah. Years. Lots years. of years. So I'm a Kajabi founder. I've been with Kajabi for a long time. But you know what I didn't do? <laughs> I didn't use it. I didn't use it. And and I bought Kajabi and I let it sit on a shelf. And if, listen, everything is a lesson, all right? I'm not going to rewind. If I could rewind, I might rewind and redo that. But what I did was I did things the hard way, right? And I tried to piece together lots of different things and put them together. And, and do you know how I procrastinated? One of my biggest procrastinations in my own online business was switching back and forth between tech. I have been on like <laughs> 10 different email service providers. Now, I've been with the same one for the last like five or six years. But before that, that, that was like one way I would procrastinate is switching from like MailChimp to Constant Contact to ConvertKit to ActiveCampaign to this, to that, to the other, right? And that's not a good recipe for success either. What I love about Kajabi is it makes it super duper simple. And it really is one of those all-in-one platforms. What we primarily use Kajabi for in our business today is we use it to house our content for our courses. And so whether that's a self-study course, we have a few of these like self-study courses that people can go in and purchase. So we have one that's how to create content, how to create a sales page, how to create a sales funnel, or whether it's our group coaching program, my business with Impact Academy, or whether it's my high-level mastermind and, and the replays from those, or whether it's one of the live events and we've got the videos from those in there. We use it to house all of our video, audio content that we want our paying clients to have. And what I love about it is it's simple, easy. I don't have to know how to code. I mean, I do know how to code, but I don't have to know how to code. I can put it in there. It's got a a front user interface where our users have to log in. It's very simple for them to go over to our website, log in, get access to what they need. There's an app so they can use it on their phones when they're on the go. I didn't have to go create my own separate app. And my clients love it. I love it. It makes business simple. And I'm all about... Listen, if you're going to work 4 hours a day, 4 days a week, you got to have simple simple business, simple processes, easy to follow things. And Kajabi does that. It makes it so simple for us. I love the passion, the enthusiasm, the 
you're obviously you're, you're committed to and love the space. Uh, and sometimes like when we get to this phase of the show, I always like feel like it's like kind of silly to ask because you've expressed this throughout the entire journey. But like if there's anything for you, like I always I always ask, like, what's what's changed for you as a result of kind of taking this leap, moving into the entrepreneur world of entrepreneurship? Everything. <laughs> <laughs> everything. So what I didn't mention is that with my husband's job, he actually doesn't work on Fridays. And one of the hardest things back when I was in corporate was that he, we only had one day together, right? That was Saturdays that we really got to spend together. And the freedom that comes from this business, the flexibility that comes from this business, my son's upstairs taking a nap right now. That's what's, that's what's going on in my world. Now my, my husband did, did come home just to work from home, just to make sure that we had time to record this uninterrupted. But this is my life. And this is part of my four hours today. And I won't work more than four hours today. And so the freedom, the flexibility, the the ability to give generously, not just to my community um, through the profits that we've made, but also to my team to be able to employ other women who want that flexibility and that freedom in their own lives. It it creates this ripple effect. And not only that, but I've got a nine-year-old daughter who really looks up to her mama and who says, when I'm 12, can I start working in your business? What can I do? How can I create my own business? And so seeing this legacy that she's going to be left, knowing that this is possible for her, adding an additional revenue stream is possible for her. And you know, here's the thing, this day and age, I think we would all benefit from having an extra revenue stream, whether you're currently employed or unemployed, or you're kind of thinking about starting a business, there's no better time than to start your online business. And so what it's been able to do for me, I, it's been able to do for so many of my clients too. That's super fun to watch, right? No Seeing doubt. them be able to have those same wins, celebrating when they're able to leave their full-time jobs, when they're able to dive in 100%, when they're able to stay home with their kids, when they're able to, to do the extra things in there, but they're able to employ their own family members. Uh, it's really, really special. And so everything, everything's changed in the last 10 years, but I've been doing it for a long time. So the other thing I would say is don't compare my chapter 10 to someone else's <laughs> chapter one. If it took you, the question I would ask your listeners, if if we were sitting across from coffee right now, I would say, if you knew it was going to take you 10 years to get that flexibility and freedom, wouldn't it be worth it? Wouldn't it be worth it? And you could probably do it faster than I could because I, I, took, the, I took the hard way. I took the long road. I didn't plug into proven processes as fast and as quickly as I could have. You could probably do it faster than me. Definitely do it smarter than me. And so why not? Why not try? Absolutely. Well, uh, anything that's coming up next for you, I guess, kind of like any new products, new services, anything that's launching in the near future? Yeah. So we launch our business with Impact Academy a couple of times a year. And so we do have another launch that's coming up soon. We have actually been going behind the scenes and redoing some of our curriculum. You know, our motto in our own company, in our own business, every single week, we're asking, how can we make it simpler? How can we make it easier? That's what we spend our whole business doing, right? Because if you're, again, if you're going to work four hours a day, four days a week, simpler. How can we make it simpler? How can we make it easier? How can we make it faster? And so we've been upgrading and updating 
creating our curriculum to help make it easier and simpler and faster for all of our participants. And so I'm really excited about that. We we scaled back this summer. We've been taking some time off. We did a big affiliate launch back in June. And so we've, we've taken it real easy <laughs> over the last three or four weeks. So I'm excited for school to start back and, and for us to welcome our new round of Academy members. And uh, we've got our live, we have a live event that our Academy members get to come to. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. We're hosting it here in Northwest Arkansas. And so excited to show them my neck of the woods and um, yeah, really, you know, business is about a lot of business is about keeping on, keeping on, right. Doing the same things, rinsing and repeating. And, and that's what we're doing right now. And so maybe that doesn't sound exciting <laughs> to a lot of people, but to me, that's the most exciting place I can be is in a place where all I've got to do is keep rinsing and repeating and rinsing and repeating. And I can make it as challenging or as fun or as simple as I want to. I love it. I love it. Well, I know that there's also, I'm pretty sure it's not a rumor. I checked your website. You also have a podcast of your own, right? I do. I do. It's called the Business with Impact Podcast. And you can find it wherever you like to listen to podcasts. I'd, I'd love to have you come join me and listen in. And if you if you're listening to this right now, I'd love for you to also just take a quick screenshot, DM me on Instagram at Rachel R. McMichael. I'd love to get to know you. Definitely, definitely. Well, we will, of course, have that all in the show notes um, as always. But like special ask for all of our listeners who are listening to this, like go listen to her podcast and like leave a review. As you know, I always ask for the reviews because I love them so much. It really helps us out. But this time, head on over, listen to the it's the Business Impact Podcast. Business with Impact Podcast. Yes. Business with Impact Podcast. Leave a review. I'm going to go listen to this because like, I feel like I, even though we're here together and I'm getting this like directly from you, I want to know more. I want to learn more, but we have such a compressed time frame, so I can't wait to listen. So all of that to say, thank you again. You've been incredibly generous um, with your time with us today and all of the value that you've provided. I just can't wait to learn more. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me, Jared, Kajabi, all of you guys. I am so grateful to y'all for the platform that you've built that we've been able to really build this business alongside. I love it. Well, that's all we have for you today. We look forward to seeing you next week on the Kajabi Edge podcast. Thank you.